Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Obvious Plant Podcast. I'm Audrey. And I'm losing an escalating turf war with a gang of raccoons. We're going to learn so much today, I can hardly stand it. They won't let me into my own laundry room. What have we got today, my intrepid bummer of a co-host? Today's topics are dogs and law and order. I love ordering slaw. No, 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 no. Law. Oh, okay. Let's talk about law first. Tell me, Audrey, what's your favorite law? Taco Tuesday. Oh, how nice. I'm a fan of maritime law myself. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. Have you ever placed a baby dolphin under citizen's arrest for being recklessly cute and small? I've tried. But have you ever tried handcuffing a baby dolphin? They jump right through the hoops, and then instead of punishing them, you have to reward them with fish. Ah, that's a tricky law riddle, like the one where the man steals a loaf of bread to feed his family. Scholars agree you shoot the bread. Yes, you obviously shoot the bread. However, law hasn't always been so straightforward. Throughout history, there have been a lot of weird laws that seem odd to us today. For example, according to legal scholars, ancient Egyptians would have to climb to the tippity-top of a pyramid to report a crime. And even then, there was no guarantee that Horus, the half-man, half-falcon god of snitching, would even notice. And centuries later in the Byzantine Empire, if an imperial guard asked if you were a murderer, you could just say no with a sly wink. We still wink at cops to this day. Police have evolved over time as well. The most advanced unit in law enforcement is the mighty police horse. Nothing will ever be more lawful than a horse with guns for hooves. You can't bribe any other kind of cop with a sugar cube. It does not work. Trust me, I have tried. Hey, Unpopular opinion. Police sirens are ska? Yes, but not what I was going to say. I think every regular country should adopt the traditional laws of wine country. Hmm, okay. On a related note, I wrote a 35-part fanfic called Wine Crimes. A fiction for fans of crime? Wine country crime. Get this. A sheriff drinks two glasses of Chardonnay right before stumbling across a gruesome murder among the vines. But oh ho, he's a little sleepy from the Chardonnay. And people read this? No, not really. Will you read it? Chardonnay. I will not. I am emailing it to you anyway. All right. Well, we've been bouncing around a lot here. Let's settle down and get into this episode. Right. Sorry, everyone. We just get so excited about law and order. I wish everyone was incarcerated. Me too. Audrey, what's your favorite part of our judicial system? The titular judges, of course. Because they are the ultimate deciders? No, because of the same reason I am banned from the wizarding world of Harry Potter. They wear robes put on a wig, and hit everything with a hammer. A gavel. Sure, you could hit gravel. Be my guest. Are you going to ask me about my favorite part of the judicial system? Yes. My favorite part of the judicial system is the free caramel candy a divorce lawyer hands you from their pocket when you're inconsolable on the courtroom steps. Why is that your favorite? The caramel's so warm and chews just right. All right, well, back to the judges. As we all know, the most important judges in the United States are the Supreme Court judges. Yes. These heroes of the Justice Department are responsible for upholding the U.S. Constitution and ensuring all laws abide by this most sacred document. They are also responsible for bringing plates and macaroni salad to the annual Justice Department family picnic. This is a much smaller responsibility, but yes, that is true. 
There are nine judges who currently reside on the Supreme Court, but did you know that hasn't always been the case? When the court first convened in 1790, there were six judges. At other points in time, there have been seven judges, ten judges, and nine judges, plus one omniscient cube that could see through space and time. Eventually, however, Congress settled on nine justice seats because that's how many chairs are in the Supreme Court. It just made sense. You see, when there were ten judges from 1863 to 1868, Justice Nathan Clifford was forced to sit in the lap of Justice Robert Cooper Greer. It was distracting and uncomfortable. And also the other judges wanted a turn in Greer's lap, but Clifford wouldn't let them. So, for the sake of fairness, the court was winnowed down to nine, where it remains today. That could change, of course, if the Supreme Court decided to buy more chairs. Or perhaps a stool. But that is unlikely because you'd have to fill out three government order request forms and they are really long and boring. Speaking of boring, I'm bored of this topic. Let's move on. Well, would you look at that clock? That is a water stain on the wall. It's time for a segment we call Courtroom Corner Chat Time. Because it's time to chat about what goes on in the corners of courtrooms? No, nobody knows what the little man is doing in the corners of courtrooms. What is he writing down? Was he even invited? Am I the only one that can see him? That little gremlin's a mystery. This segment's for banging my gavel. Whoa, you just whacked three moles. In Courtroom Corner Chat Time, I am judge, jury, and executioner. Are you sure you should wield the gavel like a sword? Talk about courtrooms right now or I'll find you in contempt of court. Okay, okay. In the U.S., juries are composed of 12 of your peers, except in Maritime Court, where the jury is composed of 12 leopard seals from the pier. I'll allow it, but watch yourself, counselor. While defendants break down on the stand and confess their crimes, the court stenographer is secretly writing the juicy goss in their live journal. Because they've all been banned from MySpace and Zega. Continue. The lewdest thing a lawyer is allowed to say in the courtroom is, if it pleases the court. This is less of a fun conversation between two friends and more you just rattling off true facts about real courtrooms, which is what the people really want from a podcast. In the Wild West, horses would carry convicts from the courthouse to a hanging noose. The perp's head would glide right into the loop while their steed would just keep walking. It was a slick way to enforce order. Order! 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 What? You said the secret word! Order! When did you find time to set up confetti? It's my courtroom, sucka! That's all for Courthouse Corner Chat Time! Bailiff, take him away! <laughs> There's no- Whoa! Who's this guy? Come on, bub. How long have you been hiding him? Where are we going? Are we still doing the show? We'll see. Next segment. Unhand me. I'm too slippery to be held against my will. Aha! I've slipped free. Be gone, vile bailiff. Wow, you are one greasy son of a guy. Agreed. Next topic. So let's say someone's trial has concluded and they've been convicted of a crime. Someone's, someone's trial, trial has, has concluded, concluded and, and they've, they've been, been convicted, convicted of, of a crime. crime. Good job. The next and final phase is the sentencing. That means their punishment. Yes. Bad little boys and girls get call from Santa, but bad adults get serious jail time from Johnny Law, a man so handsome he made justice blind. Jonathan S. Law, of course, is the judge king, which is that thing where a collective of judges tangle up their tails in the sewer. What does the S stand for? His name is Jonathan Slaw Law. 
I knew Slaw would happen. I love Slaw. Anyway, what about him? He died this morning. Our thoughts are with his family during this difficult time. Rest in peace, you cold slab of slaw. Jonathan S. Law's most interesting, and now illegal, means of punishing someone for their crimes was to make them do the electric slide. It is a dance move. I've done it before in my home with my friends' YouTube videos. Yes, but this electric slide is not that. The precursor to the electric chair, the electric slide was a tall, thin structure consisting of an upright ladder, a diagonal chute, and 2,000 volts of deadly electricity. Oh, I just saw an article about this. I don't have anything to add. I just wanted you to know there's an article and I've seen it. The executioner would walk the condemned up the ladder, flip the electrical switch at the top, and push the wicked soul down the slide. Death was instant. But the body would always flop and flail down the slide for about a minute. It's a tall slide. If the electric slide is outlawed, what did we do with all of them? Great question. They're now all at the same water park in Macon, Georgia. Oh, I saw another article about how beautiful Macon is in the spring. The article was floating down the street into a sewer grate. Again, didn't read it. Yes, the cherry blossoms are nice, but the water parks are haunted as hell. I'm learning so much. I can feel my brain moving inside my skull with warm wiggles. Uh, maybe we should learn a little slower? No, full steam ahead to Lernieville. Are you having a stroke? I can't wait to learn about that, too. Being a lawyer is very stressful, and that's why I've put together a segment dedicated to all of the hardworking people who became lawyers. Oh, great. Lawyers are fascinating to me. I love lawyers. I think they're very interesting. The steps to becoming a lawyer are very hard. It begins with literally trying to do everything else in the world and deciding that you physically can't do any of them. Wow, I have never heard that before. Yeah. Oh, geez, I'm already boring you, aren't I? I'm sorry, I'm boring you. No, you're not. What are the steps to becoming a lawyer? Okay, well, first you have to submit a video to Harvard and tell them you want to be a lawyer. And then they're usually like, okay, and then you take law class. That sounds weirdly simple. Kind of, yeah. But then when you're there, it's hard because no one thinks you're good at being a lawyer because you're blonde. Mm, what? Yeah, it sucks. And your boyfriend dumps you to be with a brunette lawyer and she's mean. Wait, is this the plot to Legally Blonde? No, this is the plot to how to become a lawyer. Okay, so then you apply to be on the main team of lawyers. It's like the superhero group of the best lawyer students. Okay. It gets worse because pretty much the whole time you're walking around like, I want to be a lawyer. And literally everyone is like, you could never be a lawyer because you're a girl and hot. Yeah, okay, no, this is definitely Legally Blonde. And then you're like, oh yeah, look at my small dog. Is it a chihuahua? Yes, how did you know? Because Reese Witherspoon owned a chihuahua in the movie Legally Blonde. I have no idea what you're talking about. Anyways, you show everybody that you can ask questions good, and then everybody's like, you are a legal blonde now. See, you, you, you just said it. You just said the name of the movie. No, I didn't. You just said legal blonde. Sometimes you fall in love with one of the other lawyers, but you're both hard-headed and it takes forever for you to get together because you probably have to go against each other in court. I don't think that was in the movie. That's a different movie. This isn't movies, it's the law. No, it isn't. 
Sometimes you start off not liking each other because one of you is the new guy and the other one of you is the head lawyer and she's like, who's this new guy coming in? I'm the top lawyer. And everyone's like, he's from New York City where he won every case. And she's like, oh, really? And then they're rivals. That is another movie, Plot Audrey. Do you want to know what the highlight of the lawyer's career is? Winning a big case? No, it's when they stomp into the courtroom and then the judge, who is the king of the room and he wears a bathrobe, is like, you're out of order. And then the lawyer's like, no, you're out of order. This whole area is out of order. And then the judge says, I'll allow it. And the lawyer says, your honor, I find you in contempt of the court. And the judge is like, sorry. And then um, the judge is arrested. What? Yeah. The judge is arrested. And then the lawyer takes his job. I'm sorry. I'm getting confused. That is the most truthful thing you've said so far. I just really love lawyers and I'm getting my info mixed up. You're getting like seven movies confused, actually. And also you're adding just so much of your own information. Uh, I knew you'd be bored. No, I'm not bored. You're just not telling this right. You're out of order. I order, order. Audrey, please put, put away the gavel. This is my hammer and there will be no more questions. Judgment goes to the plaintiff. Me. Audrey. Case dismissed. Audrey, where are you going? Audrey, you know we can't leave this recording studio. And oh, and she is just... You're just hiding under the table. I can still see you. Okay. My favorite kind of law and order is the TV kind. Joining us now is Speedweed, who was a producer for the hit television show Law & Order Special Victims Unit from 2010 to 2011. Is that really his name? Yes, it is really his name. Hey, great to be here. Speed, tell us, what's it like having such a kick-ass name? Yeah, it's so cool. I wish I had a name. <laughs> I'm afraid I don't quite live up to my name, really. Weed is my family's name, and my parents gave me the nickname Speed as a child, so I'm just a normal middle-aged guy who helps make TV shows and enjoys spending his time with his wife and daughters. Are your daughters also named Speed? <laughs> no. What about your wife? Um, no, her, her name is Sharon. Sharon Weed. That's also pretty cool. Yeah. If she's sharing weed, then pass it over here. <laughs> yeah, give it to me, too. Puff, puff, toot, snort. Laughing out loud. Just kidding. I'm eight months sober. So tell us, are you and your wife in a motorcycle gang? Oh, yeah. With names like that, you've got to be. Um, are we going to talk about my time on Law & Order SVU or... Probably not. Answer the question, Speedweed. Are you in a cool motorcycle street gang or not? Uh, no. I mean... I, I do own a motorcycle, but... I knew it. What do we have to do to join your outlaw squad of merry bandits? Yeah, does it involve a bloody back alley knife fight? Please say it involves a bloody back alley knife fight. Wow, you've got uh, quite the imagination. <laughs> maybe I should hire you to write some TV episodes for me. Or maybe you should hire us to boot slash the dreaded Ramirez gang to expand your illicit drug trade to the Northwest Territory. Okay, well, if we're not going to talk about Law & Order, can I at least plug my new show, Arrow, which airs on the CW Agreed, on... Speed. I concede. This backdoor deed is best decreed away from the microphones. Yes, indeed, Mr. Weed. I do plead that before you recede, we proceed... Oh, no, he's already gone. Oh. Well... He'll be in touch soon, I'm sure. 
I can't wait to be in his street gang. Me either. What's your street name going to be? Probably Meat Hook. Nice. I'm going to be Satanica. Also nice. Anyway, that's it for the topic of law and order. Let's move on to the second half of the show. Now for the most serious topic of all, dogs. Tell me, co-host, are you a dog person? No. Who told you I had a tail? The doctor never removed my tail because I don't have a tail. <laughs> I mean, do you like dogs? Oh, gosh, yes. I love them. What's not to like? The rabies. Well, yes. What about you? You've always struck me more of a lover of birds. Look, you've got to hand it to the birds. And one day my bird army will block out the sun. But today we're learning all about dogs, so let's dive right in. Dogs are famous for being man's best friend. They are? Yes, everybody knows this. I have seen zero evidence of that. My best friend is not a dog. Who is your best friend? Are... are you and I not? My best friend is a dog I saw in an old movie. We haven't met yet, but I know he's out there somewhere waiting for my boundless affection. An old movie? Uh, not to be a downer or anything, but I don't think dogs live for very long. Now listen, you ninny. The movie explained that they live forever. It was an important part of the plot, but that's neither here nor there. Let's find you a dog friend. What do you look for in a dog? Uh, I don't know. I guess I'd like to meet a dog who likes walking at night, protects my home from would-be intruders, and chews my stepson's juggling equipment. Say what? I have just the dog for you. Really? And he happens to be in the studio right now. What? Say hello to your new best friend. That is a bat. That is impossible. He is small, fluffy, and chases my mailman into the night. No, no, no. That is definitely a bat. You brought a bat into the studio. He's dragging himself into the air vent. You've infested our studio with a bat. This cannot be. We met at a dog park. I shouted at the crowd for a new friend and he flew into my hair. And you're telling me he's a bat? Was that old movie with your best friend called Dracula? Oh, so you know my best friend too. Audrey, bats look almost nothing like dogs. Right. So is this a dog? No, that is an empty potato sack previously occupied by a bat. No, I mean this. Is this a dog? No, that's a picture of a potato on the same potato bag. But dogs do eat potatoes, right? Why else would I be tossing potatoes at the dog park after dark? I, uh, I think they might try potatoes if there was nothing else to eat. Check it out. Bing.com says right here, we have no way of knowing if a dog will eat a potato. And when I do an image search for dogs, I get a pop-up warning from the government. It really makes you think. No, it does not. How do you seriously have no idea what a dog looks like? I forgot, okay? It's not weird to forget things. I forget things all the time. Sometimes I forget where I left my keys. Sometimes I forget my name. Sometimes I forget about dogs. What's with the third degree, man? I'm solving this right now. We cannot teach the world about dogs if one of us does not know about dogs. Here. I've drawn you a dog. Look at that. This is a dog, okay? Do you understand? What kind? 
just a, a, a dog-shaped terrier. What's its name? I, I don't know, a uh, 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 Jacob. Why is Jacob running? Because Jacob sees his owner after being alone all day or, or something. Oh, he's smiling. He loves his human. Uh, I don't think I drew a smile. Yes, he's smiling. And he's wearing a little newsboy hat. Wait, did you draw your own new best friend? <laughs> that would be insane. Okay, if you say so. I understand the generalities of dogs now, so I'll just take this drawing and throw it away. No, 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 no. I can throw it away. Jacob can just stay right here in my shirt pocket where he'll be safe and warm before I throw him away. Because it's just a, a piece of garbage and nothing more. You mean the paper drawing of a happy dog you dressed and named? I may not be able to recognize dogs due to something undiagnosable, but I know friendship when I see it. Let's take a break. Who's our lovely sponsor today, Audrey? Ahem. When you're hungry from a long day of worky, grab yourself a limp slice of Stapleton's raw jerky. Stapleton's is the only meat company brave enough to give you the fix you need when you've got a primal craving to feed. Raw jerky? Isn't that just meat? They sent us a whole box of free jerky. Let's give one a nibble, my dude. Uh, hard pass. They said they'd only pay us if we give a glowing testimonial. It's kind of hard to open because it's slippery from all of the blood. Oh, there we go. Bottoms up. The bat snatched your jerky. Ventilation bat, come back. I love you. Why is it looking at you like that? Do you want more raw jerky, little buddy? I have fluttered across many moons to hear those soft words upon the lips of my truest love of all. Oh, you're a man now. Audrey, you brought a vampire into the studio. No, he's just some guy. He's clearly a vampire. Look at his pale face. Sir. Why are you dunking on this man? Seriously? He's chewing on blood meat with fangs. These are my teeth. You're embarrassing me in front of my handsome new friend. Come, let us feast on the decadence of the Stapleton's raw jerky and sing of the eternal love by the light of the stars. I'm in the middle of something right now, but maybe sometime soon. Leave us be, vampire! Audrey, don't listen to him. It's a trick. He's hypnotizing you with his cold yet seductive gaze. Now I have agency. I pray your beauty and jerkies plague my memory until our final sunrise. If you're just going back into the vent, I'll probably see you around. Get out of here! He seemed to like the snack, so I guess our job here is done. Why can't I just happily host a normal show with normal segments and normal sponsors? Because you're broken inside. Toss me another stick of jerky, bruh. Okay, next up, we're going to answer some dog questions from our fans on Twitter. Ugh, not these idiots again. Our first question comes from Valerie in Cleveland. Valerie says, I am considering getting a guard dog to help deter home break-ins. Any suggestions? Yes, Valerie. My suggestion is that you don't do this. A guard dog only makes entry into your home more tempting because everyone will want to break inside so they can pet it. Yes, I have done this numerous times. Beware of dog signs are also ineffective because I will break inside to pet that dog. 
Instead of getting a guard dog, I would recommend getting a guard crab. Good idea. Those things are stupid. I do not want to pet one of those. Exactly. If I saw a beware of crab sign, I'd be all like, Ew, gross. And then just uh, turn around and start walking in the exact opposite direction. Our next question is from Drempth in Topeka. He says, I hear dogs are colorblind. Is this true? Yes, Drempth, this is true. Everybody knows that. Are you really wasting our time with this stupid question? Because if so, you are just so stupid. Ginny in Georgia says, I know chocolate is bad for dogs. What else should I avoid feeding to my dog? Well, Jenny, there are lots of things that dogs should not eat. For example, gravel. Also, lead paint and an old Hewitt Packard computer should not be eaten by dogs. Don't forget mountains. Yes, thank you. Your dog should definitely not eat an entire mountain. Concrete flooring, a bag of used light bulbs, human babies, these are also off-limits to dogs. Yeah, you know, pretty much anything that is not food should be off-limits food-wise to a dog. Also, anything served at Wendy's. Yes, though technically food, no dog or human for that matter should ever eat at Wendy's. My cousin made that mistake once, and now he's dead. Frida in Washington, D.C. wants to know, Who is a good boy? Who is it? Who's a good boy? Is it me? No, definitely not. The answer is, of course, all dogs. All dogs are good boys. What about girl dogs? Wouldn't they be good girls? <laughs> no, there are no girl dogs, silly. All dogs are boys and all cats are girls. Also, all hamsters are ugly. I don't think that's right. How do dogs reproduce if none of them are girls? They have sex with the cats. That is not true. Yes, it is. They have sex with the cats. And if the baby is a male, then it's a dog. And if the baby's a female, then it's a cat. And if the baby is ugly, then it's a hamster that scurries off to be gross somewhere. That is... I don't... How do you... You are just so... I am just so great. That's all the Twitter questions about dogs. We'll be right back. They say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Yes, they'd be too powerful. But if your dog isn't ancient as all heck, teach away. That's right, it's trick time. The part in the show where we talk about dog tricks. The first dog trick was taught by Prometheus, who threw a stick and yelled, Fetch! When the dog came back with the stick, it was on fire. So Prometheus was all, Ew, I don't want this anymore. And he gifted the fire stick to mankind. Aw, that was nice of him. Since then, dogs have learned an array of special skills, all for the want of a treat. My favorite trick is when a magician dog saws a cat in half. And then puts the cat back together. My other favorite trick is when a magician dog wears a disguise, makes a cat fall in love with him, and then breaks the cat's heart by revealing his true form. Oh, that's just mean. But no trick is greater than the one where a magician dog... How many magician dogs are there? When a magician dog does the money trick. What is the money trick? It's that thing where you take a dollar and... Give me a dollar. Um, I only have this $50 bill. That's a weird bill to have. Give it here. Watch. You take the dollar, fold it in half twice, bend the corner like this, and say the magic words. Woof, woof. Say woof, woof. Woof, woof. Louder. Woof, woof. And Viola. Now you've scared away all the nearby cats. 
Audrey, none of these are tricks or even magic. A dog trick is when you tell a dog to do something a dog wouldn't normally do in exchange for a reward. A magician dog still gets paid after the show. Whatever. What do you know about dog tricks? Uh, when I was a kid, my father would wrap me up in a heavy blanket and then sick our German Shepherd on me. I didn't know you grew up with a police dog in training. Uh, I didn't. The dog bites felt like soft dad hugs through the blanket. A father's love is a good trick. What else? Uh, well, there's sit, stay, roll over, you know, the classics. But then there's what's known as an advanced trick. Magician dogs do advanced tricks. I don't want to sound mean about it or anything, but I'm sorry. There's, there's no such thing as a magician dog. What about Jacob? What about Jacob? Take the paper out of your front pocket. Yeah, it's still here, folded up and... Where is Jacob? Now take back your $50 bill and unfold it. I don't know what this has anything to do with what we're talking about. Just once, I wish we'd stay focused and... Holy shit, Jacob's on the money! Smiling on the $50 bill in his presidential newsboy cap and everything. Audrey, that was amazing. How did you do that? Don't ask me. Ask Jacob. Jacob, you're a magician, dog. You're incredible. You, you, you're the most talented best friend I've ever had. Who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? It's you. Dude, no, I was joking. It's a dog drawing on a ruined 50. Grow up. Oh. Right. Don't cry. We have to do the outro. Well, that wraps it up for today's Obvious Plant Podcast. Sure, we gabbed about law and dogs, but what did we really learn? Magic isn't real and love nothing. Sure. Until next time, I'm Audrey. And I'm repressing new memories. Thanks, Thanks for, for learning, learning to, to listen, listen so you can, can listen, listen to learn. learn.